We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land where we're recording. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging, and to all Indigenous peoples worldwide who are listening in. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Doyen Interviews. My name is Bridget Nathan and today we're going to be having a chat to Ali Giannini from MGS Architects. Also, thanks again to Anon for the beautiful introductory music. Ali, it would be great if you could chat a little bit about how MGS Architects started. Robinson started the practice in yep. about 86, I think, 25. Yep. And then I joined them three or four years later. And, and we basically grew to practice till my husband joined in about um, after 2000. Right. Might have been 2005 or something like that. And then since then we've got uh, three more, di- uh, two more directors, so there's mm. of us all together. Were your friends before the practice or did it, is it something that evolved uh, professionally over both time? The, well, the two... The two more most recent directors were people that worked here oh, okay. prior to becoming yeah. a director, and yeah, they were friends because yeah. we were, they were colleagues and friends yeah. at the same time. Um, but you know, I I feel that in our practice, I have lots of friends. Yeah, you know, there are people people in our practice are not just people I work with, but there are yeah. also people that I enjoy spending time. Yeah, well, you spend so much and you time. Spend so much time, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might as well design it so that you like the people where you work with. <laughs> yeah, and it's also that saying you end up becoming, what is it, the five people that you spend the most time with, you become mm. them and mm. work. Mm. Is, mm. But yes, if you don't enjoy their company, it's hard going. Yeah. yeah. Design, yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't happen very often, occasionally, you know, like everywhere. Yeah. But, you know. We are, the office is about 40 people in terms of size. Right. And, and it's, it's really important that we all get on, have things in common to discuss and an outlook towards things that are sort of um, not always similar, but, but that we understand each other's point of view. And is that something that you look for when you're hiring? Been, I have to say, we've been incredibly lucky because, and I don't know whether it's luck or design, but we, um, I, I mean, obviously you hire people that maybe, I mean, that you, you, you feel comfortable with, um, or you offer them, you know, a position, I should say, um, with pe- pe- to people who you're comfortable with. Uh, often it's hard to know yeah. if, if from an interview it might only last an hour or two yeah. or not even two, you know, yeah. only an hour, whether this person's the right person for yeah. the job or for the yeah. office or whatever. But, you know, you you kind of you have to trust your own instincts. Yeah. Um, people come to us to ask for, for, for a position, we obviously know the office and, um, you know, and know what we do, so there's already a little bit of, you know, selection, I yeah. suppose, there. Yeah, a bit um, of pre- They know that we're committed to social projects, they know that we're, we do a variety of um, 
you know, urban design and architecture and interior were radically different. Yeah. Work in those spaces. Um, they might know already one of us, you know, like Rob or myself or yeah. Chris, whoever. So there's, all, there's, there's often a connection of some sort. Um, and then it's really, I mean, we're honest with people and we say, look, let's get to know each other for the first three months. Yeah. If things work out, you know, for you and for us, then we'll just make it a more permanent arrangement. See how you go. It's so, a yeah. two-way street. But even well. three months is sometimes not long enough to kind of really know someone. Yeah. But it gives you, you know, it gives you some bit longer to kind of think about, yeah. you know, each other and whether, yeah. you know, for them to be comfortable that this is really the job, the type of job they wanted. Yeah. Because you can describe what projects you've got, on, you know, in house, you know, what you've got on at the moment. But. You know, they've come from maybe a different culture or, you know, or they think the job might be, might entail dif- something that, that we, you know, we can't offer. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, it's hard to sort yeah. of, So it's a bit of sort of trial and error and yeah. for, the first, for the first little bit. Mm. But usually we, you know, it's all, but I'd have to say 90% of the time it works out. That's so, great. Yeah, <laughs> fortunately. Yeah. Well, the thing is, as well for them, I think um, as a director, you know the practice already, so you know very well what they're walking into. Yeah. But as as the on the other side of it, you're getting interviewed by the directors, but you don't know um, all the other people that you're going to be working with. So it's probably mm-hmm. a bit of that. It's for hard. People to it's the, hard for people to to adapt to something. I mean, I remember when I was in that situation myself. That really, you probably, I mean, I probably didn't feel totally comfortable with the practice for a couple of years until yeah. you, you know, two years, it takes you two years to kind of become part of the culture. Um, because also such a slow process, you know, like you start a project today and you might see it built in five years' time. But, yeah, you know, exactly. it takes that long to, to get through all the steps, you know. And if you could look back, this is, I think, one of my later questions, but I'll just ask it now. If you could look back on yourself at that age as a young woman, what advice would you have given yourself? Be kind to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stress in architecture. I mean, that's the thing I felt the most. I mean, that was just, I don't know, I think it's, it wasn't just personal. I think it was, um, it's probably universal in yeah. this space. It's a highly, I mean... For a start, it's deadline-driven, and the training happens on, on, you know, happens at the office. Yeah. Often, you know, there is such a big learning curve in the first five years. It's 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 a wonder that anyone. Yes. Ever <laughs> sticks to it after that. Um, and and during those five years, it's or whatever however long it takes you to get that first part of the training once you arrive in an office it I think it's highly stressful you yep. realize you know you don't you know a little bit because of your excuse me or your studies but really it doesn't have any the studies don't have a lot of resemblance to what happens on the ground so I found you know all those little decisions that you had to make as an architect when I didn't really have the enough experience or background to be sure that I was making them correctly, 
a really stressful time. Yeah, definitely. And, and you need to, I mean, I was lucky, I was supported really well by um, bosses, you know, yeah. by my, you know, my seniors who um, I got on well with and who uh, were very generous and allowed me the time to, you know, learn on the, on the job. Yeah. But I have to say I felt terrible about yeah. not knowing enough, you know, at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, and and I think as well because you don't understand the ramifications of things. So if you absolutely. make a mistake, oh, and yeah, absolutely, the mistakes you know you find out about the mistakes down the road when it's yeah. too late to fix them. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would say to someone starting in that position, uh, mistakes are going, you know, a part of the job. That they <laughs> they will happen. Yeah, just. Be aware that they do and somehow just cope with that, you know. Right, and maybe understand that directors know that too. Yes. Sometimes, yeah, totally. yeah, keep reminding and yourself. You know, you know, people get annoyed at you because you've, you know, they could have, you could have avoided them with a bit more experience yeah. with asking questions, the right questions or whatnot. But we all know, we do the best, you know, most people do the best they know. Yeah. You know, they, they can. Yeah. Um, and so you've got to have faith in, the, in that particular thing. Yeah. Um, blame. I mean, I've kind of, you know, when you're younger, I suppose. I mean, when I was younger, I tend to, I tended to be a bit more reactive and think, you know, what the hell? Why did, you know, why didn't someone see this coming? Yeah. We could have avoided this problem or that problem. But now I just think, look, at some point. There is going to be a mistake. It's done. Let's move on. Let's yep. work out how to fix it. And and that's where our energy should go rather than find the person to blame for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't help, really. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, and so in saying that, um, what do you, looking back, and also being a director yourself now, mm-hmm. what do you think are some of the things that, like enabled you to have a good relationship when you were first learning and what do you think are some of the things now that people in the office like younger people do that mm. makes it easier in the relationship or okay well I think first of all you've got to realize that it's inevitable that you're going to go get on better with certain people yeah and not others yeah and it's not because and it's not because you don't want to or whatever it's just natural you know you you gravitate towards you know, certain personalities yep. or certain ways of doing things or whatever it is that um, makes the relationship or it's easier to, you know, there some relationships are easier to have than others. Yep. That doesn't mean that you... You have, to, you have to be aware. The important thing is that you conduct yourself, I mean, in an office, that you conduct yourself in a way where you're able to work, find a way of working with everyone, really. I mean, unless there is a serious issue, um, you've, you've got to... It, that's your job. You, yep. you have to make sure that yep. for the sake of the, the project that you are getting on with your yep. team members, you know, your, your, your boss or your whoever they are, you yep. know, your, your project architect or, your, or the people that help you get... Get you know that are more junior than you who 
whoever it is. Yeah. Um, it helps if people directing, and and it helps if whoever is 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 in charge of something is generous towards the team rather than yes <laughs> not you know right. the opposite yeah okay and and. Um, and like I said, you know, I've been very lucky because I've experienced, you know, generosity by and large, you know, yeah. I have to say. The other thing that's important to understand is where people are at. I mean, you can't throw uh, someone who's just come out of university or who's a student. I mean, you can throw them at the deep end, but you can't completely leave them <laughs> without any support, <laughs> which yeah. tends to happen in this industry. Yeah, they'll drown. Because... You know, they don't know mm. which path to follow or, or, or what, what, what they're aiming yep. for. So you kind of have to at least try, at least um, plot some sort of path that they yep. can sort of, you know, go down. Work with, yeah, go down um, along. I think. Positivity is always more helpful than negativity, <laughs> you know, and, and I've learned that really more as a as a parent than as a as yeah. a professional. Yeah. Um, you know, telling my daughter that she never picks up her socks and you know <laughs> from the floor or whatever, that she leaves everything around the place. You know, it doesn't it doesn't help her. I mean, it doesn't actually achieve anything. Yeah. But to praise her for having done the right thing means that she tries that a little bit harder next time to yeah. do it again. Yeah. Or, you know, she, she kind of gets the, yeah. the feedback that, you know, is helpful to her. Yeah. So I've kind of, you know, uh, used that kind of philosophy, you know, as much as I can. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'm very stressed, which means also, I'm, uh, you know, the stressful nature of the profession doesn't help us to always be positive. Yeah. You know, that's that's a, that's a reality. And you've yep. got to also give forgive people for doing it. Yeah. See someone in a in a in a bad mood, well just back off. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Don't go there poking at, you know, you know, what's already a bad situation. Yeah. To be in the position that you are, you must have developed a lot of confidence over the years. Um, you know, I feel that confidence is one of the most important skills to work on um, if you're not confident you know you can't go into a meeting you can't make decisions um, so I think there's a lot of skill involved but at the same time um, there's a lot of confidence in meeting people and getting clients to trust you um, and as a director that must just be mm. a whole nother mm-hmm. game is that something that you've found has developed naturally over your career or is it something that you've needed to work on um I think what happens is that you develop confidence as you as you become more knowledgeable of of, of your of your field. You know that's that sort of has to be factored in. Yep. You know you can't. You know I think I'd be more worried about people who are overconfident than people who are underconfident in a way. When you're overconfident, you can make a lot of mistakes. Well, you can make a lot of mistakes anyway, but when you're overconfident, you tend to overlook probably some areas. What I would say about that, about confidence, apart from the fact that 
you know, you need experience in order to become confident. So the thing that, that I think we all need to learn and need to learn at the very beginning of our career is to, is to, to ask about, the question, about things that we don't know. Not to be afraid of saying, I don't know about this. Can you please explain it to me? Right. I mean, and that, that is a confidence thing. That's, that's, what, that's what the right kind of, you know, what's something, uh, how it should be um, framed. Right. Because we can't, I mean, even after however many, you know, almost 40 years of practice, I still don't know everything yeah. that they have to know in a particular project because every project is different. Yeah. And the regulations and the context of each of this pro of the projects that we do are always different yeah. and they're always changing. Yeah. So you can't know everything. Yeah. But somehow at the beginning of your career, you assume, and this isn't something that I assumed anyway, that my elders or the people that had, you know, a number of years of experience above me knew everything. So I'd go and talk to them, which was the right thing to do. But I quickly found out that if I went to talk to different individuals, I'd get different answers. Right. So yes. there is no right way, in a sense. You, know, yeah, okay. you have to understand what the context is and then put the puzzle together yourself some, right. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so one of, the things, one of the things that helps you to put the puzzle together is to say, sorry, I don't understand. Can you please explain? Sure. You know, and then, yeah. you know, the helpful consultant will explain why you don't put the, you know... I mean, I remember I had some fantastic consultants early in my career and people who really made me feel good about what I was doing, even though I was very young and inexperienced. Yeah. I remember a director of services consultants uh, kind of suggesting ways of doing some a lighting plan that would be more successful yeah. and would achieve you know, they understood the, the design aims of the that I was trying to, you know the yeah. design that I was trying to aim, you know aim for and they were suggesting to me ways of achieving it mm. and I completely I was totally grateful to them because I you know I had the ideas but of course I had yeah. no practical experience to yeah. to to um, um, uh, make those ideas reality. Yeah, and it was only through the generosity of these people that yeah. I kind of got there. <laughs> and that's, I mean, the confidence issues. You know, be confident, but don't be overconfident. Yeah. Because, you know, try and try and understand where you're at. Right. Forgive yourself for the things you don't know. Yeah. Ask about the stuff. You know that you yeah. don't. That you know. You know you don't know. Yeah. And then, just hopefully, um, if uh, you know, hopefully you've you've got people that can guide you and, and 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 take you to the next step. And if you don't, just be aware that you've got to ask for it. Yeah. You know, you've got to ask for someone to help you understand yeah. the problem better. Definitely some really great thoughts there on confidence. Ali, it would be great if we could discuss your perspective on being female in the industry. 
what do you feel are some of the factors that may be holding people back? In the profession, what generally happens is that the male members of our profession are, uh, are you know, they, they, they're thrown in a deep end, at the deep end of, of, of the problem. They tend to be given more difficult tasks mm. earlier than, than the women mm. members of our profession. And that's a good and a bad thing because that's a recipe for disaster <laughs> because they don't know enough to be able yeah. to, to, to yeah. make it through. But, it's, but if they can make it, then obviously it has tested them in a positive way and they've been able to succeed. I think what often happens is that women are held back and kind of mollycoddled a bit and never really, you know, given mm. the chance to shine. I think that's just a society problem rather than an architecture. I mean, it's, it's specific to architecture in the sense that architecture is about big budgets and dollars, you know, where there's budgets and dollars and whatever attached to, to something, there's always a risk, you know, associated right. with it that yeah. people are not, not, not so comfortable with taking it. Yeah. So, you know, that's just the reality of what, what we do. Yeah. Um, but I find that, yeah, as I said, definitely at some point in your life, if you're a woman and if you're in this field, you will experience some barrier. You know, it might be a barrier to do with, you know, as it was for me, to be in an office where there's a hundred architects and there's only two women. So you feel kind of a little bit, kind of adults yeah. with the place. It might be a barrier to do with, uh, which is which is real for me now, where um, my counterparts, my, my directors, my, my fellow directors, um, are receiving calls from clients and I don't receive calls from oh, clients. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's very, very, um, that's mm. not just, an, you know, an anecdotal truth from, from all the experience from my, from my point of view, but mm. uh, speaking to women of, of my, you know, of my age group, around, you know, in, in, in our profession. That's their experience as well. Yep. Um, and who knows what that, what that's, how that's come about. Is it because we haven't pushed ourselves, you know, we haven't yeah. become, you know, we're, we're not forward enough to make the connections with people? Mm. Is it because people don't, you know, don't focus on us and they focus on our on our fellow partners, mm. male partners. Yeah. Is it because, who knows? You know, because there's so many variables within the profession itself. You know, there's a practice that has very competent, uh, very competent professionals in it and it's not, that practice isn't as well known as another practice that has equally yeah. competent people working yeah. in. You know, it's... There's so know, many There's so many variables. It's really hard to figure out where, you know... Yeah, whether it's an issue of gender or an issue of you know, we're better at promoting us. You know, these people are better at promoting themselves yeah. through that, or they've just been lucky to get the work, or they've got better connections, or yep. you know, who knows? Or the, their work, their the, their actual the actual output of the firm is somehow more congenial to you know something that people like. Yeah, you know that it's of the moment, or who knows? You know. Yeah. There's too many variables to really figure, but in but there is this complaint 
that all of my colleagues, women colleagues, have about not being the one mm. that the client approaches. Mm. And it's, it has very serious repercussions for women who lead uh, a practice. Well, for women yep. who want to go out on their own, basically. Right. Because if you want to go out on your own, or if you want to uh, go out with, a, with, a, with other women uh, colleagues and form a practice, you know, does, does your, will your practice get the same chances and mm. the work than your male counterparts yeah. are? You know, how successful will your practice be? Uh, how, you know, how successful that is, that relationship is with your client is also, it affects the longevity of the practice, of the success, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the um, ability just to, to um, succeed, you know, to, to yeah. just pass that practice on to, as a sort of, uh, you know, a succession plan, have a succession yeah. plan with future generations. It's, it's quite yeah. a big thing. Really. Yeah, that's a big issue. But for someone like you who's in a greater position of responsibility, what do you do? Do you just sort of just take a breath and think this this issue, if that is the reason, is is beyond me? It's not targeted at me personally. Well, you can't, you can't let it. Yeah, yeah. look, you can't let it destroy you. You can't if you keep thinking. You know, or if I keep saying, thinking to myself, uh, well, I'm not as well liked as my male partners, I can't do this, uh, you know, I can't get this job, I can't um, because, you know, no one's coming to me to, to, to give me this work, it just destroys you. So you tend to put that aside and go, okay, what do I, what can I, what do I do? What, what, what do I get most satisfaction from doing? And what can I work on that will help that situation yep. sort of disappear or yeah. know, make the most of that situation. Yep. Um, but definitely I feel it's a societal problem and I'll, I'm also wondering at this point in my career because I've seen, you know, I've seen a progression of when I started, for example, when I started there was only, I think there was 10 of us in a course of about... 50 enrolments oh, of really? women and oh. about 40 um, men. Yep. And that has turned around, obviously, to be 50-50. I see the profession going towards, you know, a majority of women working in, in yep. the profession. So there's sort of like a... and But part of that I also suspect is because... Is, is because the profession is badly paid. Mm. And that's why women... Ah. Can, we, men are getting out of it and mm. women are finding their place mm. in it because women yeah. are traditionally uh, employed in professions that are underpaid. Mm. So I'm worried about that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm worried about that and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that uh, women are entering something which is great because we, you know, because there's a lot more um, uh, equality around the board, boardroom table mm. than there used to be. Yep. But on the other hand, is it for the right reason? Yeah. So that's something that is just a question mark in yeah. my mind because obviously the transition hasn't happened. You know, at the moment we're fifty fifty. Yeah. If we continue being fifty fifty, that's that's mm. great. Yeah. But if we 
you know. Mm. Well, also looking at architecture, I mean, it's very easy to ask the question how, you know, how has architecture, architecture changed over time in terms of women and their roles, but architecture itself is changing and, you yes. know, the roles in architecture are changing right. and Absolutely. especially with different contracts and management of projects by people who aren't architects, it's difficult to judge where we are now and yeah. it, it's um, it's actually not fair to look at it as this one profession but maybe it's much more complicated yeah. than that. And totally and I think the it has changed enormously as because of what you you know what you're saying that people who are not professional or who are not experts in this profession have entered the construction industry without the what would I, what I feel over the required expertise actually yeah. project manager who's the you know what qualification does the project manager have it's great if they have a you know, a qualification that's within the construction industry. But often their only qualification is project management. Mm. Project management of what? Yeah. You know. So they basically don't have the expertise that that's required yep. to guide because after all they're the client representative so they're kind of guiding the project through the you know, through the yep. whole process. Um, they don't have the re- the required understanding of well, they don't have the understanding of what's required to be yeah. through. Yeah. Um, and the architect is being placed in a position of being kind of receiving information secondhand from people who really don't understand what that information is yeah. or how to even find the right information. So, um, I mean, I feel like, <laughs> in fact, I was talking, I was saying to my husband this afternoon, I feel that now my role is like, you know, someone who, who's kind of, um, you know, holding at bay um, disaster. Oh. Because every day <laughs> I see the I see these kind of potential disaster scenarios <laughs> happening, and I'm just trying to just sort of <laughs> no no no. <laughs> go down that path you know what I'm saying and, and it's kind of you know architects with a certain amount of experience now are like you know we, we witness this kind of blindly well this kind of you know blind leading the blind scenarios the yeah. client has is, is, is not informed because they're not relying on someone who has the information so the client is taking decisions that are uninformed. The people advising them obviously aren't guiding them in, yeah. in the correct, you know, yeah. down down the correct path. Yeah. Or at least giving them choices of what yeah. what they, you know, cho- the, what all the choices are. Yeah. And the consultant team, which you know, you, you, architects are usually part of, have this barrier where they just. You know, you're trying to get some information to the right party and you're told that that's not your role. Yeah. You know, you're told to work to a certain brief mm. and the brief doesn't make sense. Half mm. the time the brief is not even there. Like I'm working on a project where they can't tell me how many square metres of building they want. Oh. They've got people doing market studies 
but those people can't can only you know well they don't want to give me figures because they're too the figures are too rubbery mm. and they don't want to be held responsible for figures that are too rubbery and I'm saying to the client or to the client representative well what would you want me to draw you know yeah. I don't yeah you know it has to be you have I to know have, what you're doing I don't to have, do it. yes that's right you have to have an idea of what you're doing you have to have an idea of how many people you want to you know accommodate in a building or yeah. what the building is for or well these people don't have any of those ideas yeah. You know, it's all kind of, well, maybe it can be two-storey, maybe it can be ten. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I've never been in this situation when the yeah. client doesn't give you a brief and you can't, you know, you, you're trying to work work one for them. Yeah. And there's such a barrier between you and the people that are, that are uh, the, the, and your client that you can't get... Mm an answer yeah you know yeah because they're too busy the yeah. clients are too busy to ever talk to you oh my god yeah and do you think in this whole process I mean it's a really obvious question but do you think I mean the design is obviously being affected um, if you can't work to you know to if there's so many barriers in the way there's barriers and also because you don't have that relationship with the client yeah. anymore the, the design is affected in a really big way or impacted in a really big way because, um, because number one, you don't know the client very well because you don't have access to them. Secondly, there's never any opportunity to explain how you've arrived at a, at a design. Mm. Um, and because, they, because in their ignorance they can't make decisions, you're revisiting the same problem over and over again mm. yeah. um, without any resolution because they don't have the... They're not equipped to make the decisions. You know, like once upon a time, you know, clients came to architects because they weren't equipped to make decisions in, in this particular area, but you'd be able to talk to them and show them the logic of a certain... Yeah. Path or certain certain why why you do something rather than something yeah. else. Yeah. And through that conversation, you'd both collaborate towards an an act, a project that met yeah. that person's aspirations and all the myriad of other things that you've got to meet in order to get a building built. Yeah. Now it's like chasing your yeah. know, chasing your tail. You know, mm. you've got round and round and round and round. Mm. Um, you know, for no reason yeah. other than no one can make a decision. Mm. The people who are, uh, are commissioning to do you, to, the people that are commissioning the architect to do the project don't have uh, a um, as as a direct relationship to the, to. You know, they may be managers of a business right. rather than owners of a business. Right. And that's a big difference. Being yep. a manager of something, when you know that in five years' time you'll be managing something else, it's a very different matter to being the owner and you're going to be owning this asset 
for another 20 years. I'd rather work for someone who's going to own the asset for 20 years than yeah. work for someone who's, who's going to flog it in, in, in yeah. two years. Partly that's why we also like working for affordable housing, because that's long-term project. It's a project that will stay there. It will be rented by a cohort of people who will enjoy yeah. living there for a long time owned by the same people, maintained by the, the same people. Yeah. You know. And is this community aspect something that you've always been interested in or is it something that's come it's over time? It's the most satisfying. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the beginning, our practice was a very, it was a very small practice at yeah. the beginning. So we started, I mean, Robinson started out with my sister's front. Yeah. Front, oh, really? <laughs> front wow. Like, the lounge room at, yeah. their, at their house. And then... Um, a few years, you know, maybe two or three years after they started, they bought a, a, an office in North Melbourne. When I joined them, there was only six of us. We started like all, all small firms start, you know, with residential projects. Yeah. Robin soon had had experience with retail, yep. so they, so the practice was already quite diverse in that, you know, at least it, you know, it had it retail and and residential as yep. two, two, two separate. Um, Types of you know of work that they could uh, you know uh, carry, but yeah, over time we've really enjoyed working on public housing and um, yeah. community housing and affordable housing. Some great thoughts there on the scope of work that you've produced, which is amazing to hear about. So, if I could ask, what was it like moving over from Italy? Part of the difficulty I had as a young architect is I'd only been in the country for four years. When oh, I still, wow. yeah. No, maybe not four years, but when I started work, I'd probably been in the country for about five or six years. My English wasn't that great. Mm. And when people spoke, I, I mean, when people um, spoke in sort of architectural te- terminology, I didn't know whether that was what word, what that word was. Mm. I didn't. I couldn't even distinguish between... Is that a word I just don't understand in English? Yeah. Or is it a word that I don't understand because I don't know the terminology, wow. like the architectural terminology? So people were shouting, like, I remember my first job. Well, actually, it wasn't my first job, but it was the first job in an architect's office. So my first job was in an engineer's office because I couldn't find an architect's office, an, yeah. an architectural job. Um, was uh, assisting a team who were doing some... Um, uh, who who were working on a heritage build, or some heritage buildings, and so they were up on the you know it was before the days of digital photography or whatever. Mm. So they were up on a ladder describing you know some some repair work that had to happen, and they were talking about scotias and, and uh, OG gutters, and I'm thinking. I don't, I don't even know how to start spelling that. Let <laughs> alone know what that is. <laughs> um, and so I came, I came back with this completely incomprehensible notes, you know, to, back to the office. And I remember once I made this, uh, uh, one of the notes I wrote on, on, uh, on a working drawing was... Uh, Bright and light con- concrete instead of bright and light. <laughs> to me, bright and light sounded like bright and light, <laughs> which is obvious. <laughs> and everyone just laughed, and I was so embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> you know, 
come across, you know, oh. you've all been through this. Well, what can you do? Yeah, you just have to laugh. Yeah, exactly. What advice would you give to um, women to help other women to get ahead? Um, well, I think it's really important to be, be supportive and have support. You know, the, the greatest thing, like I said, I think before, is, I mean, it's fantastic to join offices where you, f- you find your first friendships and um, it's like you, you know, yep. you, 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 um, you get to know people who enjoy doing the same, similar things to, to what you enjoy um, uh, and, ho- you know, and so you become friends. I mean, one of my um, friendships that's endured all all throughout my careers with Sue Buchanan and now we do projects together which are to do with right. more of an art, art yep. projects rather than architecture. Yeah. But we got to you know, we, we met um, each other at uh, at Williams and Bogue's office. Oh okay. And have continued yep. you know yeah. that friendship all through, you know, different offices, different yep. family situations, different yep. even different states. You know, because she, yeah. she, she was in Tasmania and in South Australia for, for, for a number of years and I was mm. here. You know, and that support is... The support you get from your peers is uh, is such an enjoyable part of being, yeah. being you know, working with people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's almost unthinkable not to have it because it's what gets you through in the end. You know, yeah. you learn from each other. You check things out, like yes. you said. You know, if someone if someone is having a hard time, you support them. Yeah. Um, or, or and you understand their point of view because you're coming from the same. You know, you're yeah. just as inexperienced. As them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you've had similar situations. You know, so you understand each other. Yeah. Or you potentially. Yeah, mm. so I think that's, you know, support and generosity is the most important thing you can do in your career, in your in your life, your career and your life, really. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Show that sort of, you know, spirit. Some great thoughts there, Ali. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening.